Hello and welcome to the Creative Scramble. My name is Cal Thompson. My name is Matty Singh. And today we are joined by special effects makeup artist John Moore. Welcome to the show, John. Hello there. How are you doing? Good. Um, so John has credits including Game of Thrones, World War Z, Harry Potter, Avengers, you know, as you do, just to name a few. Um, so Cal has a really important question for you, though. How does Game of Thrones end? <laughs> uh, you know what? I avoided every everything I could while filming that. Every time I heard a conversation starting up, I would run the other way. I, <laughs> I don't. I don't want to know. So, yeah. Are you a big fan of the show as well? As well as I'm a huge. I'm a huge fan of the show. Yeah. That's amazing. So obviously, I'm only joking. I know you can't reveal the ending of the show, but can you give us a quick background into yourself and your your job role? Uh, my job role is. I mean, basically, for the last maybe twenty years, uh, I've been a prosthetic makeup artist for film, TV. Uh, some theatre work, um, so working in groups, working on my own, um, just providing the prosthetic makeups, whatever whatever productions there really. Um, like I say, like Game of Thrones, Guardians of the Galaxy, Avengers, uh, yeah, stuff like that really. Yeah, I mean they're they're pretty impressive credits. They're films and and dramas that everyone would love to work on, I'm sure. So how did you sort of get your big break, and how did you sort of your your path go from I assume some form of education through to getting on such massive productions. Yeah, it was it was quite tricky because um, I mean <laughs> it was pre-internet, so it was quite tricky kind of finding What's out how that to like? do all. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, it's like pre-internet. Kids have no idea. Um, but uh, I was I, I was reading a lot of Fangoria when I was younger. I mean, basically, I was watching horror movies as a kid with my dad. Movies I shouldn't have been watching, uh, and it kind of the terrified me you know I was watching Alien the chestburster thing I could not watch for for a couple of years and then for some reason I just kind of realized that you know people did that for a living and that was the only thing I wanted to do um, so yeah I would buy Fangoria magazine and I would read about all the, the effects artists in in America and I would write to them and eventually I got bits of information on how to do bits and pieces so I was like practicing in my in my parents parents house I would practice on them I would give them black eyes and cuts and bruises and stuff while I'm trying to watch Emmerdale and all this stuff. Um, and uh, I found some courses that didn't really cater for makeup effects, but I kind of managed to steer the brief towards that. And they were very flexible in letting me do that. So it kind of allowed me to experiment with all different materials and stuff and foam latex and things like that. Uh, it kind of progressed from there, really. So I did a few courses, Art Foundation, um, kind of design in, uh, in prop making and things like that and then wig making and, and then kind of headed out into the field. I was going to say, was that difficult to find in England as opposed to being in somewhere like Hollywood where I'm sure it's a lot easier to get onto those sort of courses? Was that hard to seek out? It was at that time. The, um, I think I only knew of one course going on uh, which was in Nottingham over here, and that was that was something like it was like ten thousand pound for for I don't know a few months I think, and that was back probably twenty years ago. That's uh, nice and so, cheap for then, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> no. So there was no way that was going to happen. Um, I mean, there was a lot more going on in the states, so it was it was kind of tricky trying to find something. So I just kind of steered the courses to more to that line of to work really. Brilliant. So I mean. How, what were your very first productions that you started to get involved in that led to these big Hollywood productions then? Oh man, um, I mean I was 
do you know shooting people the website that was something i signed Indeed, up to yeah yeah and talent circle i was i signed up to them years ago and i was just getting little freebies and i would have my little box of, of kit which i thought would was everything you know i thought everything was in that that i would ever need uh, and i would just trundle off looking back now not having a bloody clue what i was doing really um but they were happy and it was just kind of finding my feet on how a little little production worked um through that i got to know a couple of people who did slightly bigger productions and then it slowly snowballed i mean that, that was up in leeds where i'm from um and it was quite limited what there was production wise at that point but i was getting a few bits and pieces um and then I eventually, well, I went travelling for a year and then eventually moved down to London uh, around 2000, 2001, I think. So a few of us moved down for um, a production called Evil Aliens, low-budget horror film, which which by, um, oh my God, I can't remember his name. It'll come back to me. But yeah, that was that was kind of trial by fire as well. That sounds like a great film, Evil Aliens. <laughs> Evil Aliens, yeah. <laughs> It seems quite a common path for people within the makeup and prosthetics sort of theme and route to go down maybe horror first and then end up in, in sci-fi. Is that is that what you've always wanted to do? You've always wanted to work within sort of the, the more gritty makeup, as it were, rather than sort of, uh, I suppose, your more average hair and makeup beauty stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think when you were a kid, or well, when I was a kid, certainly stuff like American Werewolf and, and Alien were the things that kind of totally captured me. Um, I mean, I now realise that the that the best makeups are the are the things you don't even really see on screen, like an old age makeup that you don't even realise is an old age or something, or you know. Um, but at that point, the creatures and the monsters were the things that grabbed me totally, and that was it. That was it. That's that was the only path I wanted to do. So, how big are these teams that you actually work on? Because I assume it's not just you solely working on Avengers, for instance. There must be multiple, multiple people because there's so many different characters. How big is the operation? Uh, I mean, something like Guardians of the Galaxy, um, which was uh, done over in London before it all shifted to America. That was a, a guy called David White, a prosthetics designer, uh, and he had about a hundred people, I think, in the workshop. Uh, oh my god! I think it's around that. So uh, there were so many characters, um, but not one of those characters were like it was like designed as a background pull-on mask. They were all kind of what we call hero prosthetics that would stand up to you know like a big close-up on screen. So, but yeah, it was a huge operation. And you worked with Dave Batista on that particular film, didn't you? Yeah, that's where I first met Dave uh, on Guardians. We were doing the the Drax makeup. Um, I mean, so I mean that was God. I think we must have done that now about hundred and. Over 150 times, I think, easily. Wow. Um, <laughs> I was going to ask, so how, how do you sort of keep the continuity between each day? You know, I assume it's all about continuity photos and trying to keep it as seamless as possible. Or does it become sort of like a, almost like a, a, a play, I guess? You're repeating these moves day after day. How, how does that feel? I mean, that was, I mean it was, that was a huge makeup for me. That was brilliant. I mean, that was, that was exciting for me. So it was, it was never really... Dull. I mean, even the, you know when you're getting up at two a.m. to go in, and it's fine. I'm 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 happy with the early mornings. But um, you're happy so we getting were... up at two a.m. I've never heard anyone say that ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, well, um, I think Game of Thrones. Some of the some of the people who were doing the Children of the Forest makeups, they were setting their alarms at like the same night they were going to bed at like you know oh, like eleven thirty. <laughs> um, but yeah, we would we would have the script and we would break it down. We'd go through it 
and then we get the call sheets every day with the advance so we know what's coming up and the, the schedule. So any kind of wounds or dust or anything, you know, we'd, we'd work out a continuity map. So we'd just, we'd just do it that way. I was going to say, do they tend to be quite long days afterwards or is it more your shift is those few hours in the morning? Because I know, having seen so many behind the scenes, they can take a few hours per extra, per actor. And then are you kind of done for the day or is it constantly maintaining things? Um, no, we, we would do the makeup and then we would go on set for the day. Uh, I mean, I know some productions, they kind of swap people out, they do the makeup and then they swap them out. But for me, uh, I, I'm never really a big fan of that because I think psychologically for the actor as well, I think it, it's good if, if you maintain that rapport and you have that, you know, you're all in it together, you're doing the makeup with them, you're there to maintain it and to remove it. I, you know, for me, it just it would help with the actor's kind of way of thinking. Um, so, yeah, we would go on set. So, I mean, some of the days are like 16, 18 hours, like the, the, the longest ones. Blimey, and then sleep when you're dead, eh? <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Are they like five-day weeks, or are they longer, you know, for these large productions? Uh, no, they will be five-day weeks. Occasionally, there'll be a six-day, but not very often. And then, and then some days, maybe the, the actor wouldn't be in anyway, so, it, you know, but, yeah, five-day weeks, usually. Holy heck. I mean, what's the process, then, of when, say, I don't know, a big production, however many people you've got to apply large-scale prosthetics to pe to actors, what's... The the overall process, how that works. Oh, in terms of how you're putting it on them or from, from designing it to, to finish? I'm trying to think, I think the best way to word it, like how do you just set it up to manage the whole process? Because there must be hundreds of people. and Yeah, I mean, it's figuring out how long that shoot is for and then the schedule gives you a rough, and then you get like a day out of days, uh, which tells you how many days a, a character's going to be in to give you a rough idea. Uh, I mean, all, all the prosthetics that we use, they're, they're kind of a, a single use. So you stick them on and then you remove them and then you can't use them again. Um, so you need to kind of have a new set every day. Uh, so it's like a production line on a big show. Like Guardians, there was, there was, we had what we called the supermarket, just shelves of prosthetic pieces for each character. Um, and then we'd just, we'd just make sure that we had enough extra sets just in case. And then you would have to allow for reshoots later on. So, yeah, it's a huge operation. Sure. It takes a hell of a lot of planning just to make sure it can be as streamlined as to help the production be as most efficient as possible, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just for one department, there's enough work. I mean, I'm always a little bit in awe of, you know, a good second AD who's planning every department and what type everybody needs to be in. I mean, just that, that just kind of blows my mind a little, actually. A lot of respect got out to the second ADs. How much sort of creativity and input do you have with regards to the makeup, are you, and at what point are you brought into a production? Uh, I, man, that varies uh, from production to production. Um, I mean, Guardians, I was involved not with a sculpting as such, uh, but I was involved with the mold making and then artworking uh, some of the pieces as well. Um, I mean, there are, there are some of the sculptors I, I couldn't compete with, they're, they're incredible what they do. And they're working with the, the prosthetics designer and also some concept designers and the directors. So there's a lot of to and fro and tweaking bits and pieces till, till that look is, is, is right. A lot of test makeups as well. What's the most fun um, makeups and prosthetics you've had you've, in your career so far? Oh, the most fun. Um, I mean, 
we we tend, you know, on the big projects, we all kind of know each other as well. So stuff like Game of Thrones is always a lot of fun because there's a big room full of you know maybe fifty of us that we all know each other. So we're all doing the makeups, and it's and it's a good vibe, even though you know there's a lot of kind of night shoots happening, and that can be a bit tough. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of good I don't know, there's a lot of good humor going on. Um, but yeah, those are good makeups to do. I mean, stuff like Guardians, that's a dream job for me. I've always been a, a comic book nerd, you know, from being a kid. So then when you're working on a big Marvel movie and you get to meet Stan Lee and stuff on set, it's just like, that's that's bucket list moment for me. You know, that's a big tick. Is he yeah. as much of a legend as I have in my head? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he was, it was amazing. Um, you know, so he was, he was around on set and... Uh, I got the opportunity to go up and have a little chat. Got my got my selfie with him, um, and he, yeah, he was he was really nice. He'd done I think he'd done four cameos that day, so he was <laughs> he was pretty knackered, bless him. Because at that point he was you know he was he was kind of ninety whatever, so, but no, he was still great. He was great, legend. Amazing. What are the sort of obstacles that you come up against on on a sort of general shoot? Do you think, or is it all so well rehearsed and are you a well-oiled machine now? Um, I mean, you've always got to be aware of what you're using is all medical grade, but still there are some, you know, people could still have reactions, uh, with, with materials. So you always have to kind of check with them just to make sure everything's good. Um, uh, obstacle wise, um, I mean, some of the days are tough and, you know, it can get a little draining maintaining a big makeup, um, Especially, you know, if it's an active role and you've got to make sure that it's looking the same throughout the day, you know, all the day, even even though at the end of the day, it's usually a close-up at the end of the day when the makeup's kind of hanging off. You know, that's usually what happens. <laughs> you you got to make it look its best. Um, that's, that's the biggest obstacle. Yeah, it must be quite tricky if, say, Dave Batista's, you know, in the middle of a massive fight sequence and, you know, he's swinging around a massive hammer or whatever, between every every time he makes a movement, it must have a, an impact on the makeup in some capacity. Yeah, I mean, it went through the first and second movie. It went through a different material. First one was was a silicon silicon sheets that we would glue over his entire body, um, which was great. It looked great. It moved great. It was very durable. But when it kind of moved, it it did wrinkle a bit because it kind of exaggerated kind of any kind of creases in him. Um, Next movie, we went to a different material which looked better because it was, it hugged his body better, so it showed off his physique better, but it wasn't as durable, so it required more maintenance. So it's a kind of a payoff, you know. It's which way do you want to go? Do you want to go for more durable or, or you know, that slightly better kind of look? Um, yeah, so I guess it, time is always of the essence as well with large productions like this. You don't want to be overrunning your schedule and, and delaying production by any capacity. Have you? Have you come up against that much in terms of trying to rush through the makeup to get them on set on time? Um, or are you no. allocated enough time to make it happen? Yeah, we, we kind of speak with the ADs and we, we make sure there's enough time allocated. Uh, I mean, the transition between first and second Guardians movies, we the makeup went down to from like four hours to, I think the quickest we clocked it as was 48 minutes. Oh my um, god! <laughs> so I mean, that was you know the stars were aligned. It was like a well choreographed dance because there were like four or five of us just all dancing around him. Is that working on one person at a time? Four people working on one person. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, How's there so, enough room for you to do your job? Well, he's, I get, he's a, he's my missus annoyed, gets annoyed when I'm in the kitchen and she's like, get out of the kitchen, you're in my space. I can't I think, imagine I what it's been like. I think that's standard, isn't it? But um, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, we, we got, you know, we had a big makeup trailer and we would just kind of, I don't know, it just worked out that some people, you know, one person, two people would be placing the pieces. Another one would be kind of making sure that it's directly aligned and pushing it into place. And then one would be prepping the next piece. And, and then we just kind of have our own little section that we kind of work on as well. We just kind of learned which, you know, how it worked. Uh, so it was quite a smooth operation by the end. I've got to say, you're saying it's a smooth operation. Are there any on-set fun stories or panic moments that you've had? Oh, there's always kind of panic bits. We want to hear the dirt, John. Yeah. Tell us. Uh, uh, I glued Dave Batista's eye closed, I suppose. That's the one. <laughs> that's the worst one. Um, what got happened there then? Tell us about yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, that's, that was before I kind of knew him. Before I knew he's actually, you know, just a, a complete gentle giant. Um, you know, we, he, I was doing one side of the makeup and on his hand is tattooed. I, I mean, I might be slightly wrong, but it's something like trained to kill. Which, yeah, you know, when you see someone who's like six foot five and built like a, you know, it's like slightly concerning. And I'm, um, and I was always gluing the the pieces on above and below his eyes. Um, and I don't know what happened one day, but a little bit just dripped off my brush, just and I just wasn't quite quick enough to catch it. And uh, he just closed his eye just as the glue hit the, the lid. And I was like, oh shit, never gonna work again. Uh, but he was great, you know. It was just it was just a case of just slowly removing it and everything. But that's that's probably the worst thing that's ever happened to me. <laughs> no, amazing. I think you've, you've hopefully you styled it out really well and you still styled it. Yeah, exactly. Styled it out. Amazing. <laughs> um, I was curious because I remember watching the behind the scenes of the Hobbit. This was, but when they were shooting on red compared to film, they had to make the characters' faces like look more red or something because when they were grading. Have you found that? has been a transition overall with films going more digital and even sharper with 4K and 8K and things? Um, well, we've always had to kind of pump up the red a little on a makeup because it does wash out and, and flatten a bit on, on screen. Uh, so it's, you know, what you think, what's good to the eye is not necessarily what's good on, on, on camera. So we just we've always had to punch it a little. Um, but now with, you know, with things getting more, you know, going up to 4K and 8K, Materials are changing. We've gone from like foam latex to to a translucent silicon that you can pretty much blend away into the skin. Um, so there's always that thing of making it more seamless, as seamless as possible. It's, you know, as things progress with technology, the materials we use are, are, are changing as well to kind of compensate for that. Yeah, yeah. How important is it for you to sort of build up a rapport with these actors? You know, sometimes if you're working with a particular character, you're saying it takes up to four hours. You know, imagine doing that every morning, five days a week. You know, you spend a lot of time with these people. Are you are you chatting and and, and getting to know that person, or are you very much focused on the the job at hand? How does that work? Yeah, I mean that we, I, I usually kind of allow the the actor to dictate that um, because it's it's their kind of headspace they're in when the, you know they're getting ready for that day. Um, I mean, some days someone will come in and they'll be really chatty, and then we'll just be going to talk it all the way through a makeup, which is great. Uh, other days, you know, it'll just be kind of quiet. Some people will just want to um, just just sit there and just kind of meditate. Know, read, yeah, meditate, read read the the scripts. I did want to say to Dave actually, because um, uh, Batista, he because he just sometimes would just sit there really peaceful and quiet, 
and I'd, I'd asked him if he meditated to kind of get through. That was when it was four hours. And he just like laughed and said, no, I was just, just been dropped on my head too many times wrestling. He just, just kind of switches off automatically. <laughs> that sounds like me when I'm getting a haircut. Sometimes I'm really chatty and sometimes you just can't be bothered talking oh, to I don't want to talk to anyone. <laughs> yeah, you just shut your eyes. I'm, I'm pretending to be asleep, mate. Don't talk to me. I'm a miserable yeah, bastard. Yeah. We, we were really trying to find out who's the biggest DV you've worked with, but <laughs> obviously we're only kidding. Um, yeah, no, I've been very lucky, actually. I've been very lucky. There's, there's very... Man, I can't think of... No, I don't think anyone's been, been difficult. So you hear these horror stories about some actors who, who are a pain in the ass, but... No, I've I've looked out so far. Amazing. I mean, do you tend to get a lot of your work now through, uh, based on you know, you know your incredible CV and through word of mouth and referrals? Is that how it's kind of been for you, or do you have an amazing website and social media presence? Like, what's the best way for you to get your jobs? Uh, I don't have a website. Uh, I mean, I I kind of post some bits and pieces on social media. It it, it is unfortunately getting more difficult to do that nowadays because. Productions don't allow anything but officially sanctioned photos. Um, you know, there was a point where you could take a picture of you doing the makeup and then stick it on your social media or something after the after the show's aired. Um, now you can't really do that, so you've just kind of got to take screenshots or you know, if there's an official photo, then you can use that. Even um, though it's been aired. Yeah, I think people. I think companies now are very. I don't know, very controlling of, of what, how, how something looks. Um, it's, it's a weird one, actually, because I, 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 for me, it's fascinating to see behind-the-scenes pictures and stuff like that. Um, and the amount of times we've had camera crews filming behind the scenes and then nothing appears on the, on the DVD or Blu-ray, and I think, that's what I want to see. I want to see all that stuff. Yeah, how I, it works. I mean, I'm an editor myself, but I find it so fascinating, all that side from costume to makeup, just the work that goes into everything just to make it all seamless. So I'm a yeah. fan. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you've seen the Blade 2 behind the scenes, um, Steve Johnson's place. Oh, honestly, you should dig that out because that's one of the best behind the scenes DVDs. That, uh, it's just showing them making everything, how it how it's all put together. It's bloody amazing. It's one of, it's one of the top ones to kind of to look at yeah so is, is it referral based do you sort of with your with the, the work that you find is it do you lead, go from job to job based on who you know yeah i mean you know it, i've worked with i mean some of the top kind of people and uh and a lot of the companies kind of you build up a rapport i mean uh, millennium effects was one of the first companies i worked for when i moved down to london uh i went there for a week and I stayed there for four years, um, and that was when Doctor Who was starting up. So you know, I was involved with all that stuff, which was amazing. And then, you know, they'll they'll contact me about jobs, and then other people will contact me. Or you know, if an, if a friend's on the job and they find out that they need more people, they'll re kind of recommend me. I think similar to most crew jobs, it's quite in like. It's quite, a, isn't yeah, it? it's quite oh, a close circuit and everyone helps each other out and you stick with the same crews. Is that the same for your industry? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much, actually. That's, that's how it works. So we actually met on a short film production in London uh, in November 2018. So obviously you've got a very, very impressive credit list. What made you want to get involved in a short film? Um, uh, well, it's my partner has worked with Ben before. Um, so, the writer-director. Uh, 
Yes, with, yes, sorry, Ben, the right director. Um, and so she, and, and, and I know the stuff that she's been in looked amazing, absolutely beautiful. Um, so uh, Ben contacted me just asking, asking advice about old age uh, makeup and how to do it and what's the best way. And uh, I kind of read the script and thought it was amazing. And then I also realized that it was including uh, Amit Shah was the actor, who's also bloody amazing. Uh, and I just said, look, I would love to be involved if we can make it work. I would love to. I would love to do the makeup on it. So, um, I mean, that's just. It just sounded brilliant, and I don't really do that many projects of my own. Uh, but that that was just a, like a nice little opportunity for me. Yeah, and you know, say, same with myself. You don't mind sort of sacrificing three days of your time to work on something with sort of really cool, creative people and, and try and construct something amazing. What was um, what was your actual? So you can, without giving too much away, I think we're going to have to. We can talk about the film. I think don't think Ben will be too upset if we talk about what your role was on the film and what you actually did. Can you just explain a little bit about what what you did on the makeups wise for that particular film? Yeah. So so the main the main character uh, Amit's character kind of goes through different stages of aging throughout the short. I mean, it's like less than ten minutes. But we kind of go through from his like thirties up to forties, fifties. I think we go up to like ninety years old um, over the few days. So it was just figuring out how to how to age him. Because I know there was the possibility of using different actors at one point, but to me that wouldn't have worked as well as as having prosthetics which allow the same actor to be used because he's still got the same kind of presence there. So it's clearly him. Um, so yeah, it was just just kind of going up through to the through to his. 90s. So were you just adding layers and layers and layers throughout those days or were you having to take it off and start all over again with a new skin effectively or you know how much planning went into trying to age a person? I, I, have you seen the picture Matty? I'll try, no, I'll try and no. share some images because it's absolutely incredible. You've got it on your social media as well. Yeah. Seeing Amit who's in his mid-30s aging you know every, every decade and up until his 90s is absolutely incredible. I mean, what was easy about Amit is his, he looks younger than he is anyway. So, I mean, I think the character started out younger than his actual age, which was just a little corrective kind of foundation for me just to kind of lose a little shadow under the eyes. Um, so that was fine. And, and, you know, just taking away a lot of that stubble just to kind of make him look a bit younger. And then uh, I was just kind of add a little grey uh, in the eyebrows and in the temples. Um, just a little uh, kind of old age stipple around the eyes. Uh, and then I had pieces, prosthetic pieces, silicon pieces of various kind of stages of aging. Um, and they were generic pieces, they weren't sculpted for him, but um, am, I, am I allowed to credit a company? For, yeah. For the, yeah, Millennium Effects, their warehouse of, of pieces is amazing, you know, um, what they provided was was spot on they've got a huge selection uh, so i kind of looked at what they had and kind of matched it up to amit's face and then they ran the pieces for me and then uh, each day was like a different kind of makeup and then for the oldest the oldest stage um i swapped out the eyebrows as well for like a darker eyebrow to a grayer eyebrow so it kind of helped push that that level a bit more I think that's a great business idea because when I do see films where actors have been aged with makeup, I think it's a cracking idea to 
to see what you're going to look like when you're older. Cal's just shown me the pictures now, and they look they look awesome. I remember forgetting what Abbott yeah. actually looked like. So he'd go up, he'd go up to the makeup room, he'd come down three or four hours later, um, and then I just it, it was like an old man had walked in the room. It was so convincing because obviously he'd done the neck, he'd done the hands, he was fully dressed in that particular costume. And then after a couple of minutes, you forget what it looked like in real life. It was such a bizarre experience. Yeah, I get to find out what I look like when I'm really old. Because it's a really close, I bet it's not far from how we really age, isn't it? <laughs> so, do you, how yeah. much sort of inspiration do you draw from real life to make it look so real? Like, you know, rather than using CG to enhance it or anything like that. What I don't, I'm just trying to get my head around how it looks so perfect. Well, what what was good with Amit? I mean, Amit's a bloody legend. I love him. Um, there were some people. If I could just keep working with them, that that would make me happy, and he's one of them. Um, but he sent me pictures of his dad as well, um, which oh, kind of helped me to kind of look at the pieces available as well. Look at Amit, look at his dad, and kind of try and gauge, you know, because the pieces available were, you know, some of them were saggy around the jowls, some of them were kind of baggier in different places. And um, so it helped me to kind of buy the right pieces to, to kind of push that look. Amazing. Have you seen the final film yet? Yes. Have you? I have. Yeah, what do you think? I was really pleased with it. I thought they did yeah. a cracking job. I thought it was really funny. I mean, I'm, I'm never I'm never 100% happy with my work. I'm always, I always see something that, you know, if I do it again, then, oh, yeah, that's what I would do. Or, you know, so there's there's little bits <laughs> in everything I, I've worked on that I'm like, oh, yeah. God damn it. <laughs> you know. Mate, it was seamless. I thought you did a fantastic job. And right. uh, it's uh, unfortunately, I can't share the link to the film because it's going to be running film festivals for the next year or so. Um, so people just have to take our word for it that it's an ace film. <laughs> we can stick the images on the show notes, though. Yeah, I'll put, yeah, I'll put some yeah. links to the images and some screen grabs, certainly. Um, but so thank you very much for your time. It was great to work with you on that particular short film. Yeah, no, it was See? good. No, I enjoyed it immensely. Yeah, it's great fun. Can I just mention Hazel and Hannah, uh, who who assisted with that? They were they were legends as well. So they were of course, yeah, it's Hazel and Hannah. It's a team yeah, effort, legends. isn't it? Well done, yeah, Hazel. Yeah. And Hannah, so you spend a lot of time between London and Atlanta, which I guess is where they do a lot of the Marvel films. Do you spend a lot of time in hotel rooms, or have you got more sort of permanent bases set up there? No, hotel rooms, uh, stuff like Guardians Two. That was because it was a, I was out there five five months. Um, they gave us a budget, so I got an apartment because um, I need to cook. I could, if I spent five months in a hotel room, I'd, I'd be banging my head against a wall. Um, you need but more it, than just four walls that is a survive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a couple of weeks in a hotel, you know, that's fine. That's that's no problem at all, you know. Um, and I've I've been to some really nice places, but you know, if you're spending longer there, then you need to you need to get an apartment. Like I've just been out in Budapest for for two months, so I got an apartment there. So just it's a lovely to, city. Love Budapest. I, I bloody love that city. It's so nice. Yeah. How does that work, sort of financially? Do you? take the hit yourself for that, or does production pay for a, an apartment for such long periods of time? No, production will pay for that. Um, I mean, they put me up in a hotel to begin with, and then I had the option to move into an apartment, um, and then they just give me options of ones available. That's great. Sounds like you're treated very well on these these big projects. Yeah, no, it's it's very good, actually. I, I cannot I'm complain. I'm picturing anymore. Vegas high roller suites. That's what I'm <laughs> <laughs> I would I would love to say yes. But no, it's not, I'm sure not they're very that. nice, though. I'm sure they're very comfortable. How do you find it affects your personal life? I don't know what you have going on at home. If you're in a relationship, or are you? Or uh, yep, yep. Uh, uh, 
got engaged actually just at Christmas. So it's oh, uh, congratulations! Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, so yeah, it can be kind kind of tough if you're away, but I'll I'll, I'll try and get Rebecca out for for a period of time if I can. But then it also depends on her workload as well. So it's it's kind of it's tricky. Is she in the industry it. herself, or is she do, does she do something else? No, she's an actress. Um, uh, I met her on Doctor Who actually. I was sticking boils on her face. <laughs> so she understands what it takes to be a crew member on a film. Yes, yeah. So she gets the kind of the long hours and the time away and everything. So she understands it. But it, it's still it, it's still tricky. I mean, this you know, I'm back. I'm back in my in my flat now. Um, after being away, I think I I went away on the fifth of January. Got back on Friday. Wow. So, yeah. So it's, what were you doing in Budapest? Can you tell us anything about that project? Uh, that was a show for Netflix, The The Witcher. Oh, I've heard a lot about this. Yeah, the, yeah. It's Henry Cavill, is it? Yes, yeah, very Based pleasant on, guy. Yeah, yes. I mean, I wasn't involved with his makeup, but he's a lovely guy. Very nice. Interesting. Yeah, The Witcher. I think it's based on a game, and it's got. Is a it really, horror? Uh, it's got a really cool story that I can't remember. <laughs> I'll <laughs> check out the trailer. <laughs> yeah. It's a series of books as well, apparently. Is it books? I, I, it I, books? I haven't read them. Books and computer games. Yeah, it's all kind of fantasy monsters and stuff. They it's reckon good. that. Well, my friend's theory is that they've timed it in Game of Thrones ending. It'll be like the next Game of Thrones, but oh, right. I have no idea. That's very much a guess. Yeah. You know, you're saying that some of these days are like 16, 18 hour days. Like, that's obviously quite physically and mentally draining and demanding on your body. Do you do anything special to sort of get you through that? Um, I mean, I started looking after myself a bit more because I'm not, I'm no spring chicken anymore. Um, yeah, in Atlanta, you know, I was out there with another guy, um, who did the makeup on the first movie. Um, so we, we, we started going to the gym a lot and kind of out in America, there was the option of eating really healthily or eating really badly. So we, we went the healthy route. So you've got to kind of look after yourself. In America, Especially. that takes discipline. Got... <laughs> yeah, American catering is 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 the best I've ever I've ever known. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you definitely got to look after yourself. That's what we like to hear. Um, outside of your freelance work, Cal's mentioned that you're developing a line of interactive toys, and you're also writing a novel. If that's true. Um, <laughs> Someone's been reading my bio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We'd like to do a little bit of research before we just wing these interviews. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, actually, the, yeah, the toy line is, is kind of something I've been developing for a few years, which was really just a passion project. Um, just in my downtime, I started, I came up with the idea for these characters and I started building their world and each character and how they would look and interact with each other and, and kind of story arcs. And then um, then I kind of got people involved to help me design them because I realized that, you know, you can't do everything yourself. It's just you'd never have time to do it. Um, uh, and I, I ended up pitching last year to a, there were eight or nine toy companies at an event in London. Um, and from that, I'm now, I mean, I don't want to jinx it, but I'm, I mean, I'm in kind of a good talks with a company in Canada, so I'm hoping that will develop into something more, um, including an animation and, and merchandise. So that's the plan. Brilliant. Sounds interesting. So are you quite an entrepreneurial person, would you say, especially with this novel? I don't know how much you can tell us about yeah. this novel you're writing I mean, as well. 
accidental, I suppose, accidentally entrepreneurial, maybe. Um, <laughs> never really my intention. It was just, like I say, like passion projects. The novel is is um, something, I don't know if you guys know Sapphire and Steel, the old show from the 70s. We're too uh, young for that, I'm, I'm afraid. afraid, too, yeah, I'm afraid I know. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's on YouTube. You should check it out. It's, it's kind of like Time Detectives. Um, it's David McCallum and Joanna Lumley. Brilliant. Really good. Really kind of dark, kind of gritty stuff. So I came up with an idea for that. So I've just been working on a, a little novel based on that. If it, whether it goes anywhere, I don't know. But again, it's just another like passion project. EU dares wins Rodney, isn't it? That's the one. So. <laughs> yeah, this time next year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of next year, what are your future projects, or do you have any particular ambitions? I know you've had an illustrious career so far with what you've worked on, but are there any things that you have in your mind that you'd like to? Um. Yeah, tricky one actually. Uh, I, I'm not very good at kind of planning what's coming ahead. Uh, I do know that they're, they're doing a Halo TV series, which I would love to get involved in. That sounds yeah. awesome. They did a short film, like half an hour short of uh, Master Chief, and it was absolutely amazing. So, uh, yeah, check it out on YouTube if you can. Yeah, I'll have a look. I'll have a look, actually. Um, but, yeah, so that that's one thing I would love to get involved in. Um but to be honest, I just kind of I just see what else is coming up. I mean, some some things I'm getting involved with are just uh, just kind of a couple of days or a week here and there. I mean, I do love to get on a big movie because you you kind of get that rapport with with the crew as well. Uh, um, it can be a little it, ah, that's remember it was uh, Luke Cage, the Luke Cage actor. Oh uh, right, right, I yeah, from the Netflix series. Yeah, he might have been involved with with that Halo thing. Um, but no, I, I like to kind of get get to know a crew that you're working with because sometimes if you're popping in just for like a day or two, you don't really get enough time to kind of chat with everybody. So sure. Uh, it's, I suppose so, when you're working on a few months, it becomes like a little family, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. The Witcher was good because um, I was working for a, uh, a local Hungarian guy out there, so it was just me from the UK that went out to kind of look after the onset prosthetics but um so but you tend to kind of get to know everyone if you you know for a couple of months you just you know also you're working with the props people and the set deck people helping each other out so yeah it's like it's like a little family good um i wanted to ask as well like say i'm 18 or i'm 20 i want to or i might be even younger or i might be older i want to get into makeup i want to work on prosthetics on big productions what do i do um, I mean, without sounding cliched, a lot of practice, practice, practice. Um, everything comes through just kind of practicing. And, and there's a lot of books out there now, um, a lot of information available online. If you look at um, Neil Gorton, his Millennium Effects, might be his Gorton Studio website, there's links to articles he's written about how he, how he got into the industry, what he recommends about how to get into the industry um a lot a lot of stuff from a lot of people out there uh, everybody's helpful nobody will shut you down if you contact a company asking for advice you know no one's no one's going to try and make it harder for you so everyone's everyone's there to help each other yeah everyone remembers when they first started didn't they ultimately and it was because yeah. somebody somewhere gave you a chance <laughs> yeah exactly i mean the amount of people i was writing to when i was younger 
uh, and everybody came back to me with with help, with helpful advice. Yeah, nobody nobody kind of just shut me down, told me to shut up or anything. Yeah. Do you have quite a strong background in art as well? You know, with being a makeup artist, would you say, you know, being able to draw or paint has an impact on your skills as a prosthetics artist? Yeah, knowing your colours definitely helps. Um, and I think I I kind of did a um, like an art foundation, a lot of art courses, and I was always artistic from from being young. I was always kind of sketching or sculpting or modelling or something. Um, but I also think it's necessary to kind of have a, a background in makeup or to at least have some training in straight makeup just so you get to know skin, how to work with the skin, how to look after it, colours to kind of work with the skin. Um, I mean, everybody wants to work in, in creatures and stuff, make cool monsters, but to have that background in, in a makeup as well, a makeup background, is a massive, massive help. Is it quite a split, would you say, for yourself? Do you do the normal, I wouldn't say more boring, but more subtle makeup jobs as well as the cool creatures? Um, I mean, I've done, I don't really do much straight makeup, to be honest, um, or hair. Um, I've done kind of corrective male kind of makeup, but I suppose you kind of get known for other bits and pieces. So I've, I'm kind of known more for prosthetic side of it so that's that's where I tend to get employed okay so you have like your own niche of this is what I do yeah yeah but I do know people who, who kind of regularly jump between both both sides of it amazing well thank you very much for your time John that's really interesting and really insightful so where can people sort of reach you or follow you if they want to ask you maybe some questions I mean I'm on Instagram it's John Moore FX um, or email me bluetrotter at gmail.com um, awesome. I probably should get more of a folio together. I, I'm pretty pretty rubbish at that kind of thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, if it works for you, mate, don't force it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, but they're, they're the best ways to get hold of me. Cool. So, is there anything else you sort of want to add before we come to a close, or are you happy we could hypothetically finish there? Um, I probably just want to stress if anybody does want to get into the industry, I just want to stress again you know, if anybody wants to get in touch with me and ask a question, you know, Totally do it. I'm more than happy to help anyone if I can. Um, you know, I, I, you know, people helping me out help me get where I am today. Uh, and if I can return that favour to people, then I will more than more than happily do so. So, even if you think it's a stupid question, it isn't. So ask away. Get in touch. Please feel free. That's that's really nice to hear, John. Really appreciate yeah, that. It's a lovely note to end on. So, um, thank you so much again for your time. It's been really interesting talking and learning about what your industry is all about and what you do.